0: Welcome back to another special episode of the Experiment Podcast, episode 79, and
1: I'm your host, Bruce, and I'm joined online once again by Lux. Lux, how are you now? And I'm actually doing good, and it's so hard to believe that we are very close to 100 episodes.
0: Well, we're not very close, but yeah, we're definitely marching our way there. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty cool. I have to say, I'm uh, pretty excited for maybe, maybe, maybe reaching 100. Like, that'd be kind of crazy. Like, did you imagine that when we started this, whenever we did, I think it was like a year and a half ago now, um, almost all well, coming up on two years, I guess. Like, like this January, it'll be two years,
1: um, that we would get this far? And I'm going to be what? honest with you, Bruce. I kind of figured that they it would last for a couple months and then we'd, one of us would lose interest but no they it's been going strong hasn't it
0: Uh yeah i mean i, I mean tonight was a bit of a crapshoot because our plan fell apart and now we've got a a makeshift plan of what to uh what to do but uh no so uh, audience tonight apologize tonight's a little disjointed or kind of rambly or weird um you mean like it's cuz the plan fell apart so, uh, but yeah, no, it's like we like we. I I really enjoyed this. It's been a good opportunity for me to sit down each and every week and have something fun to look forward to. So I really enjoyed it, Lux. Uh, yeah, here we are, episode seventy nine, and like hundreds just sort of around the corner. So goodness gracious, so good heavens! I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's fun. I'm enjoying it. You know what? I'd be even better though, Lux. What? Get this. So we have five hundred and fifty five followers on Twitter all right which is kind of absurd too. like why do 555 people in this world care about what the epic experiment podcast says or does uh, on the internet I couldn't have told you but we have 555 listeners or followers if we had 10% of those people listen on any given week we would have ourselves an awesome week of listenership we would like be amazing So, listeners out there in the great wide world, you hear that? Our challenge to you, if we can get 55 people to come and listen to us in a single week, I don't know what we're going to do. We'll do something fun. We'll do something cool. What do you think, Lex? Is that something a plan? It does. So, it sounds like a plan. So, if you're out there and you're listening to the podcast, we're gonna put put it up front. We're gonna do something cool for anybody who like retweets us, or for who likes the podcast, or who goes to Podbean and like clicks a follow, or if you like get on board on iTunes or whatever you do. We are gonna straight up. We're gonna like try this week to try and have a bit of a, have a bit of a, a listener drive to see if we can get some extra people with their putting some eardrums to us, so we can. Uh, you know get out there a little bit more so if we get 55 listens this week we'll do we'll reach into the old like like find a treat bag i'll go digging in a box and i'll find something cool to give away all right folks i don't know what i'm going to find what should i find Lux? should i go find like live on air and like find, dig something in a box and like if we get 55 i'll give away something in this box let's go find like let's go digging yep <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 that's the box. That's the good box. All right, let's see what we got. Let's find something cool to give away. Um, hmm. let's see. Um, well, I could do like a um, Phoenix God of Deception. That'd be a good one, right? Oh,
1: there you go.
0: Maybe. Good old Mill. Or I could do like a Calia, Calia Zenith Seeker. That's a good one, right? Like, Or, um, what else has got what I got here that's pretty pretty spicy? Oh, I got a Vellimachus. I can can give away, we can give away a Vellimachus. So, you can, so, audience, you can have a pick. If we get 55, I'll let we'll pick somebody who retweeted us on Twitter. If we hit 55, so let's listen up. If we hit 55, then. And if you and if you retweeted us, we will draw somebody's name, and you can have a pick of either a Phoenix, a Calia, or a Velomacus, and you can decide which one you want. And I will mail it to you, and we will have, and you can have a new commander deck, uh, courtesy of the Epic Experiment podcast. So uh, we would love to have some extra people listening to us because, dudes, it's so much better when people like listen and then interact with us. Like either like. Posting on Twitter or send us emails. So it's way more fun. Way more fun. We have things to talk about. Like, we would love to do a mailbag episode, but we can't do a mailbag episode because people don't send us mail. And we are sad. Right, Lux? Come on. Tell me you're not sad.
1: Yeah. But of course, then again, like, we don't exactly have a P.O. box.
0: No, I mean, send us email. Like I I, talk, I mentioned the the the... the, the <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give them my home address, but, like, I mean, if someone wants to send me snail mail, I will do that. Like, if you want to send me snail mail, I will also facilitate that. If you want to send me an old-fashioned postcard from uh, from the Gulf Coast somewhere out there, folks, or from Siberia, you know, whatever, you, you reach out to me. We'll we'll find we'll, we'll make it happen, all right, folks? We'll make it happen, all right? Um, as always, folks, don't forget you can find all of our content on thelotuscouncil.com. Um, so that means you can find uh, our episode each and every week gets lo- loaded there, up uh, live for you to find out. Um, however, the, uh, the also have a, a very happen in Discord that is free. Let me stress the free value to all of you for who want to maybe trade or find card suggestions for your new deck you're brewing. Or just talk to people who are pretty cool. So come and check out the lotuscouncil.com, their Discord, the podcast, and all the other great things that go on at the Lotus Council. Come and check it out. There's lots of great people, and you will not be disappointed. All right. So let's get on with tonight's show. Tonight's show is going to be into three segments. All right, Lex, we're going to have, uh, we're talking about briefly about proxies because there was a reasonably large um, piece of news that broke last week or maybe 10 days ago-ish about um, a very prominent service that has been shut down. And then we'll do a little garbage or great. And then since our plan tonight was to do a rule session with Judge Chris, and it still is, frankly, we will do a rule session. Um, however, Judge Chris um, kind of got stuck working tonight. Somebody didn't show up to cover their shift. And so he having, he's having to stick around and finish closing up the day. So no judge tonight. We'll find another time. I promise you. Um, But instead, we're going to get story time with like Lux and Bruce. So we're just going to just I guess we're just going to talk about games we play there. Lux, how how does that sound?
1: Yeah, sounds good.
0: Sounds good to me. All Mm -hmm. right. So let's talk about uh, the news tonight. So in our news tonight. So there's a service. So some of you may be familiar with a proxy service called MPC. Um. And NPC is a service is still available you can make all sorts of great cards with it um, playing cards and apparently they would print uh, pretty much anything to, to demand if you you know sent in images to go along with it well it didn't take long for Magic the Gathering players to use this as a, as a method to produce proxies now proxies are cards that people use to uh, represent a card where they may not ha- actually own the card um, but would like to play with it um, they're not real authentic magic cards they really can't be bought or sold um for by players for profit um so people pay mpc MP, to print the card but after that it really isn't a card to be used to go into the great wide w- wild world of, of magic the gathering it is strictly for your own personal use in in your deck um now, generally, Lux, what is your position on, um, on, using, on the use of proxies at all? Like, are you somebody, are you supportive of it? Or are you kind of, or does you and your store kind of poo-poo the idea of, of,
1: of, of proxies being used generally? And surprisingly, we're actually in support of it because we understand that there's a lot of good cards out there that are a bit expensive and not everyone has the money for them they take me, for example, they, I had to proxy Avison Guardian Angel, Angel of Hope.
0: Yeah, I know she's, uh, she's 50 bucks or something right now. Yep. I think, uh, let me just check. Avisen Angel of Hope is, uh, Angel of Hope. There she is. She's 4145 right now. Uh, I'm looking at MTG stocks. And so that's plenty of dough. I appreciate it. Like, Not everyone's just got 40 plus bucks hanging out in their wallet, burning a hole that you want to play with. So people make a proxy, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I I get it. Um, it doesn't bother me. Uh, Frankly, it doesn't bother me either when people, um, create proxies to be used because, um, let's be honest. I agree. Like the game of magic is prohibitively expensive. Um, it's not, it's not something for the faint of heart. So, you know, I appreciate people want to play with these cool cards, and some of them are hard to get. By there, some of them are due to scarcity. Sometimes, because I mean, if you want to play with reserveless stuff, like let's play. Say you want to play with a guy's cradle. Like, guy's cradle is a thousand bucks, and you may not even if you have a thousand bucks to spend on it, you may not have it in pocket. So oof. So I understand it, and really, I have no problem with a proxy in general. All right, so um. I usually have a couple of caveats that I mention to people. So like, look, you can proxy it if you own a copy of it already, but it's in another deck. So lots of times I know people who buy um, one of each uh, dual land. So for instance, you buy your scrub land, your bayou, your underground sea, and then you proxy it into each deck, but you own a copy. And that to me, seems perfectly legit, right? Perfectly legit. You actually do own this card, but you don't have 10 copies to go in each deck. I have one copy, but, you know, if you were playing virtually every deck, why should we not be able to do that in paper? So, I'm pretty cool with that one. Um, if it's R that you're trying out, I'm also pretty okay with that too. Um, and I'm pretty okay with a card that has got a very high price tag, right? Those are the three sort of scenarios where I'm really quite, quite permissive of, um, of a proxy. I also think Lux people should do it in moderation, right? For the most part, you agree? Like yep. if 60% of your deck is, is, is proxies, then I, in my estimation, we have a bit of a problem there. What's your thought on that? Do you think should there should be a limit on how many proxies people can put
1: in their deck? And honestly, I think there should because, and if you're just in the running the full proxies, yeah, they we have a problem here because then it just seems like you're just in the proxying just to run all the best cards.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree. Now, again, I do have I do well. I'm prepared to make exceptions for you know that guy who like I really want to build x deck. Like um I was, I was there was a guy I I had met who was really wanted to build uh, Rico of the two reflections. And uh he built a, a deck but he had to he before he bought the cards, he wanted to test them all out. So he proxied the full deck, played with it, enjoyed it and then bought all the cards. So at that point I have no problems with this guy proxying up the cards realizing he enjoys the way the game is played with this commander and then you know goes forth and buys the whole deck. I've never I I never will say something negative in that situation. Um you know I do have a I do have a slight I do have reservations about if you're playing casual commander and you are literally buying putting all the proxies in what are you doing? Like really part of the joy of commander in my estimation is seeing people's card choices and what they choose to substitute if you don't have the really good version. So let's say you don't have a Grave Pact, the Grave Pact is expensive, but you do have a Butcher of Malakir. Well, Butcher Malakir has a similar ability, not the same card I appreciate, but it has a similar ability. Maybe that's a reasonable choice to replace your Grave Pact. Or if you were looking to play, I don't know what other cards has have like Let's like say you, you want to play a like Wheel of Fortune, but you can't afford it, you can afford Magus of the Wheel. Like that's another option too, right? Like that sort of style. But like, if you just proxy the whole thing, then you know no one's really getting an opportunity to to see or, or see that like reduced or alternate card selection get you know used. What did you do in lieu of? Um, so I think there's some 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 concerns for casual commander. Obviously, I think competitive commander is a very different beast. Lux, <laughs> your thoughts there? Is would you agree?
1: Uh, yeah, that's one of the environments that I've seen proxies be outright banned from.
0: See, I've I've heard more and more online that people are being more permissive of it in Cedh because they know that that like like that lion's eye diamond or that. Um, You know, whatever else is floating out there is so difficult to acquire because it costs so much money. And so people have been more permissive about the use of this. Which brings me back to the original topic. Um, That they were, people, players were using a service um, through MPC. They were using a Google Drive that was open to the public. That was, um, that allowed players to submit art to MPC. Using this Google Classroom or sorry this Google um, Drive that had all the images not all the images but a lot of images from artists with their the copyright information re- removed from it. Um, so and then submitting that having NPC print it and then them playing with what looks to be reasonably good uh, facsimiles of the actual cards. Um, now, in that scenario, Lux, MPC is printing these cards without copyright information on it, and um, it's being used at your, at your table, you know, to, to build a deck or, or, or a large portion of a deck. How do you feel if you're using things that are clearly, like, they look like magic cards. They're not like a forest written with force of nature on it. Like, we're talking like things that look and act like magic cards, but just aren't. How do you feel there?
1: And honestly, they that I'm kind, they I'm basically against because, you know, they, they, yeah, they it's one thing to they proxy they a uh, magic card like if you either want to try it out first and before buying it or if it's too expensive. But like if you're just like ripping people's art and just they like, using it and like for the fun of it, that's when I have a problem. Yeah, so people are actively
0: chopping off the, the, the copyright information. To me, that's a problem. That's a big problem. I know that artists and uh, people who are in the creative domain, uh, you know, deserve to have their names recognized for their artwork. So if we're going to chop off names and cover up the copyright information, uh, then we have a problem. Um, we have a big, big problem. And that's uh, really disappointing so what ended up happening to this Google Drive Lux was that it was shut down Um, and I I don't want to get into the how because I don't think the how is 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 where we want to discuss it it's just for us here this is strictly a discussion around whether or not um, we should be using these sorts of proxies in our DAX on a regular basis and this sort of proxy the ones that are designed that look like magic cards they're not magic cards because from all accounts these uh npc won't print the back like the magic card on the back so they'll put like a they will put like a generic black but they won't put the the brown magic the gathering back that we all know and love um because if they do that that is that is that is proprietary then and uh wizards of the coast would be pretty would come sniffing around so, but otherwise, on the front, like on the face card, face of the card, it looks like the card, right? It looks like the thing. Yeah. Um, and I mean, uh, that to me is a bit of a problem, particularly if you're not giving the people credit at least. Um, and they're getting compensated in some way for having their, their artwork used. I mean, that's only fair. They've worked hard on their artwork and now we're ripping them off. That seems a little bit unfair. They, they need to make a living too put food on their table and keep a roof over their head um so you know i don't particularly like this sort of solution i know there are many people who do i'd be much more in favor of someone like taking a forest and writing like force of nature on it or you know a, a planes and write angel avacyn of hope and like put that in your deck and say here's my flying eight indestructible monster right there we go any other thoughts here Lux around the idea of proxies and um and the sur- this service uh being closed as a result of uh potential pos- uh, potential copyright infringement.
1: And honestly, they and I know this has probably been brought up in and before and they, by other people, but I seriously think they things like this and they they really improved the case for the proxy sites need to be monitored the people the these sites need to be regulated see what's going on ensure that nothing illegal is happening um
0: i'm not i'm not going to disagree with you the only issue is how do you monitor businesses um just generally to, to make sure that they're not abusing the copyright information um i think in this particular instance somebody ended up uh essentially notifying wizards of the coast um staff members and saying hey pointing to this sort of website as being out there and circumventing copyright copyright laws um however you know the wizards there's so many places out there where their artwork is used um as a result of their policy that, that allows fans like us to use their stuff like i mean on twitter lux our even our image of twitter for our for our avatar is a piece of artwork from a Magic the Gathering card that, you know, we could have been asked to you to, to pay our, um, you know, to not necessarily pay or but at least acknowledge the artist who who did it. Right. So uh, at this point, we haven't done it. We probably should be recognizing the artist because for 79 episodes in most of two years, we've used the artwork to epic experiment, you know, as our as our avatar. So. Um, just, just a thought there um, no like I I don't know how to monitor this stuff that's kind of that's part one of the problems but because um, particularly since a lot of these all these stores operate in China which you know it's China sort of outside the realm of a lot of the global scrutiny until the cards end up getting printed <laughs> here in North America so I don't know I just don't love it I mean I, I am very concerned about it um, I know people you know save a lot of money this way which i think is ultimately good we are like but i don't think this is necessarily the way to do it i would rather see people use other existing cards and either like put up put the card in the sleeve and then put a little sticky note on the sleeve or like just write on the sticky note or use the blank tokens or something like rather than printing you know more fake cards that look like magic cards that could be you know misconstrued as such so don't love it don't love it very much uh, i be garbage
1: anything else no not really okay perfect now there
0: we go folks i mean i know we didn't dive in it too de- in depth with the i i don't know all the details around the actual closure like how did it happen how did it all go down but it does—it does spark a pretty good conversation around the whole idea of proxies. So I'm glad we had it. Um, I think we've had it once before on the show, but I think it was a good time to to bring it back and uh, do that do that for the audience once again. Let's move on to garbage or great, then Lux. Tonight's card is a green card. Are you
1: excited? And honestly, they like reading this one, like, I'm not sure how I feel about it.
0: All right. so tonight's card is felonite hermit hermit it's a 1 1 creature elf shaman all saplings get plus one plus one and has a morph of three green greens so this is a morph card and then when felonite hermit is turned face up, create four one one green sapling creature tokens so this card has been pre-printed a few times in commander product um most recently in commander 2019 which I believe is the Kadena um, slinking, whatever. Anyway, that Kadena deck. Um, I have actually cast this card. I have actually unmorphed this card. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, what do you think, Lux? Think it, could in a, it could be something great, but in the person, I want to hear your opinion on it. Oh, it's not. It's not
0: great. So, okay, so where it's been currently slotted is usually in, um, in, uh, like decks with either with tokens or decks with morph. So it's with Kadena. So it's in 20, it was printed in Commander 2016, Commander 27, sorry, 15, 16, and 19, along with Arch Enemy, Time Spiral, and Time Spiral Remastered. so. The challenge with this card is that when it morphs, yeah, it creates a bunch of essentially 2-2 two, two sapperlings, which is, I guess, is fine, um, but is not great value. Uh, so you like, naturally want to put this in a sapperling deck, I think, by default. So you're looking at putting this in Slimefoot, because I think that's the most recent like uh, sapperling commander, I guess, but I don't know if it really wants to go in... in with slime foot when you want to put it with Kadena, it plays weird because the rest of the Kadena deck is like when you unmorph something it's like essentially like having interaction with your opponents whether you counter a spell kill a creature or do something else so like this morph ability is kind of weird um it's a fine card like it's just fine it's not ex- it's not exciting by of the imagination um i mean it is an elf that might matter it does have morph which might matter i just i don't think this card is particularly good i kind of the opinion this is it's kind of one of those things they put in a deck and it's really interchangeable and not really useful lux your thoughts
1: well it's like i said they it could have been something great but unfortunately it just didn't hit the mark
0: yeah no just a little bit just a little bit off the mark tend to agree with you all right, so there we go. Well, let's come down to the side. Let's throw in hermit. garbage or great.
1: And unfortunately, I'm going to have to say garbage.
0: Yes, and as a green player who's actually cast this card, I have to agree it is garbage, and I feel bad. I feel bad. Sorry. All right, so let's have a couple. let's have story time with Bruce and Lux. All right, so um, I guess for story time, we'll just sort of, you know, talk about game situations that we've had and um, g- games you remember that uh, stick out and uh, jump off the page as being something that is uh, either really interesting or kind of silly or whatever you may happen to have had. So, Lux, any ideas, or do you want me to go first?
1: How about you go first, because and you had a couple recent and matches. That you probably have
0: good stories about. Uh, well, yeah, there was one. There's one that I, I may have mentioned it on cast a couple of weeks ago, but um, but yeah, I was playing up at the camp and uh, this past summer, and we had a five player game of Commander going, and one of the guys who was playing was playing Feather, and so he was being very aggressive with his use of Feather, and um, came looking for me. Um, which. generally speaking does not bode well for me. I don't really like it when people target me explicitly. But he decided I I was the biggest threat at the table um, because I had a ley line of anticipation on the battlefield and he's like, that's going to be a problem. I need to take out Bruce. I'm like, okay. So he he, got feather on the battlefield and attacks me with it and then powers it up with a bunch of cantrips and uh in response i i ended up actually before then I, I actually countered a crafted exoskeleton that he wanted to try and play, cast and i'm like no. no 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 we're not playing in fact forget that um but uh the uh the the turn where he decides to attack me i end up rivers rebuking his hand or his his cards back to his hand because he, because he's, you know, he was attacking me, and with the with the ley line out, I could do that at instant speed, which would made for a great story. Anyway, he got set back with I was, had essentially an empty but an empty board, allowing the rest of the table to pretty much go ham. So, uh, two two spots over was a guy who's playing the new Zaphi Thunder Conductor deck, um, which as I've described before is a storm deck without a storm finisher, um, and so this guy went off for about 25 minutes and was probably looking for a win condition and couldn't couldn't find the win condition so um but while he's playing he's digging along digging along digging along and the guy beside it beside him um and who is literally going to who and who's immediately to my right is holding sitting in his hand he's playing my green white selesnia tokens deck with uh, Trastani as the commander and I know that deck has got a couple of overrun effects, including the overrun of all overruns, which is, oh right, Crater Hoof. So we're watching this guy go off um, with his Zaphi deck. And um, my, my friend looks at me and he show, sort of waves, like shows me his card. He goes, look at that. And he's like, shows me Crater Hoof. And I'm like, ah, I see. Well, this game is going to be over now. So I just sort of put my cards down and just let it happen and sure enough when the zaphi deck petered out and didn't finish the job um the green white tokens deck uh resolves a creator of behemoth and runs the table over and that was that but it was good fun to know that i wasn't going to get another turn in advance from the creator of behemoth causing nothing but absolute pain and suffering oh geez Ugh, Lux, how about you?
1: I'm like, I'm pretty sure you remember how I mentioned and that during the Midnight Hunt pre-release and I kind of noped out of a game because of because of a certain planeswalker.
0: Alright, so help us out. Phil remind everybody because you gotta imagine not everybody's listening. So uh, which planeswalker was it that your opponent resolved?
1: Unfortunately, they managed to resolve Renan 7.
0: Ooh, okay um so not just any old planeswalker yeah. the best planeswalker in the set yeah.
1: understood yeah because in the and yeah go ahead yes, the thing we did a best of three and thing and i had into yeah like, i had a, one in the in the first two and then the, the, the second in the match was they kind of been hard they i came like i came in like really close into losing because my previous opponent, during that yep. round, also resolved Ren and Seven. But thankfully, I managed to get a good enough board state to counteract it. Nice. And, but this one, you know, they, hmm they, they kind of in a, did in what I did. Only instead of in, mm-hmm. a, in the white, and they were in a, running in the Golgari. You know, like Black Green. Yeah, like splashing for blue. Yeah.
0: Oh, so salty. Good stuff. And, and good fun.
1: Yeah. They they it came into they they in turn six, and and they they had me on my knees. They I was in a ten and a life left, and they were in a that and the they they were actually in. Get this, they. They were still at twenty life. Like, I did not manage to land like, I did not manage to land a single hit on them. And in comes turn six, they play in a another forest and they tap every single land of well not every single land, but they, they tap into like five lands and they in a cast in the seven. And considering that they, I'm basically on my knees here. And I haven't even touched them yet. And the second I see... And the result... Yeah, like...
0: And they're resolving running in seven. You're like, oh, never mind. This yeah, is not
1: for me today. Yeah, and they... When that, and they, I literally told them, that was like, you know what, no, like... Like, I had a bad experience last round. Like, I'm not doing this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. Like, I basically- fair enough,
1: got that. I like, get that card to hit the field like i just packed my stuff up and just left the table
0: yeah that yeah, seems good like uh you're not you're not getting you're not beating this out, down so oh dear oh dear um all right uh another one on my end um i was playing uh, on stream with the guys over the guardian project podcast and i had pulled out my um my Sidisi brew tyrant deck which um, I should probably not the best choice to play if you're playing virtual webcam commander, because <clears throat> my I've talked about it before. My deck is one uh, the deck before on this on the podcast. It's one of my f- favorite decks to play because of one card. I built the deck as a result of one single card. I built it to maximize villainous wealth because nothing seems like more fun to me than villainous wealth. So I was playing uh, on stream, and so I forgot what the colors of the decks were. Like, I think there was like a, a Feather deck again. Um, someone was on a uh, five-color Um so tribal, not tribal deck. And then the other player was on, I forgot what it was. However, what I do remember is that I use Villainous Wealth on the morophon deck all the time. Because there were so many big, juicy targets out of it, and I set to see if I could mill out his deck with Villainous Wealth. So it probably means I had to cast it a few times, but uh, I cast it on one occasion, and in my hand I had um, so I cast a Dictative Karametra before my end step, so all my mana I'm produced double. And so now you're going to produce an awful lot of mana, to say the least. So what I ended up doing was um, casting... Oh, what did I do? Oh, yes, I cast Villainous Wealth, and then I double, I, I copied it using Insidious Will. And to got the same player for 34 cards. So for I, I exiled 34 cards at the top of his deck in a single turn cast most of it and then was able to rebuy the villainous wealth i just finished playing so i could use it again on the next turn and so meanwhile so his pile of cards that were technically over to my area um was kind of astounding kind of astounding all right lux give us one more
1: Yeah, well, they instead of this being a and loss in the story, this is and definitely a big win story. And you Remember how in the, for the Christmas giveaway last year, I offered to give up my tournament winning Demir deck. I do remember that. Yes. Well, they here's a story about and they the final round in that tournament. Did right. they? Wait, what? I, of course I was running Demir, they the pure guild and they it was in a, built around the surveillance mechanic. They, with yeah. things like Demir Spybug and mission briefing. Yeah. And my opponent is running get this, they they're running Azorius with you knowing they board wipes Uh-oh. and counters. Uh oh. Yeah. It, see they, here's the thing, they this guy was playing very conservatively. Like, okay. And the I'm sure even you know how much of a threat and a resolved and a trot of the silencer can be.
0: Uh it can be, yeah. It can be very potent if uh left unchecked.
1: Yeah, well and I was running cards that uh, they let me in uh scry. they they would let me draw a card. And, and they, every yeah. now and then you know they, I would get a trot of back into my hand. Get this, they, I don't seem to understand why, but they just did not feel comfortable countering her. They, I, they, every single time, yes. they, every single time I was allowed to resolve Etrata. And,
0: well, that seems like a mistake.
1: Yeah. They, <laughs> so they, this person is playing Azorius, and yet they're allowing that to resolve.
0: Yeah, hey, folks you got particularly if you're playing some sort of limited you got to kill the atrata holy yeah. moly even even in commander good night
1: like especially since Ugh. those like, when those death counters are they they they're starting to and you know, pile up on you and they because i'm pretty sure you remember they, yeah. they like the last turn they they literally had a counter in, the, in their hand with the mana open and like they had two creatures oh, exiled already yeah. Yeah, well, get this, and they they allow it to resolve again. Oh no. Yeah. Oh dear.
0: Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. That's not. That's not how you win. That's just not how you win. You no, know, they.
1: <laughs> it. Yeah. Basically, they like I said. Unfortunately, they. It's a tournament-winning deck, of course, because like I managed to get all the way to the finals, but I won the final round because my opponent. Decided not to play. They, it's like they weren't even there.
0: No, like apparently if you're gonna leave a lying
1: around, like you deserve to lose. I think, especially if you're playing Azores of all decks.
0: Yeah, you gotta stop the Azrota. Like it's not even has hexproof. It could die.
1: Yeah. Like what is going on? And, uh, and I don't know, my they, friend. Like what's funny though was that they, even though a does that, you nothing. Know, Compared to a lot of the other cards that were in, the... in the Demir and Nefer and the of Ravnica, that that was basically yeah. the biggest threat in that deck, and they they were, some reason saving their counters for something else.
0: Not wrong, but geez, Louise, yeah, has got to get dealt with. Yeah,
1: got to get with. And, uh, yeah, like she doesn't do the like, anything that insane. But still, that you don't want her resolving and attacking.
0: No, you don't. Not if you can help it. All right. Um, my last story for tonight um is going to be about my Alusha deck. Um, so oh. I was playing my Alusha deck. So Alusha, who smiles at death, is a Mardu colored, uh, graveyard shenanigans deck. And so I took it to go play at a neighboring uh, player's house. He lives about ten minutes from me here. And he's a father son combo. So. Uh, a friend of mine from, from town here and I went, you know, 10 minutes down the highway and, uh, you know, up to his house and he invited us in to play Magic before COVID was a thing and we all got, you know, locked up at home. Um, so he had recently purchased the the Atraxa deck, which would been, which was the new hotness out there. So telling you sort of what sort of vintage of Commanders we're playing here. And um, with his particular... Uh it trotted, uh, sorry, um uh attracts a deck. What he ended up doing was that uh, he gave his son the oversized card and he kept the small one. And now the son is also building an attraxa deck. So there are literally two matching attraxa decks sitting at the table ready to play. Which sounds like absolute misery if I've ever heard it. Do you agree, luck
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um I so it was like Atraxa Atraxa. My my friend's playing Angry Omnath and I'm sitting on Alesha and I'm thinking, oh jeez. Here we go. Um The the good news is good news. I figured these Atraxa decks were beatable because you just had to remove Atraxa. Both of them hinged very heavily on the proliferation of plus one plus one counters and loyalty counters on your Atraxa. So I made a very concerted effort with my deck to kill every creature that got a counter on it and to remove your, and to remove the, uh, you remove Atraxa at every opportunity. I removed Atraxa with extreme prejudice. Um, and what ended up happening is yes, I took a beating on the life total, but what it gave me was, um, it gave me enough breathing room to be able to get back in the game, um, restore my life total, fill my graveyard. And then what really sin shift for me was the combination of call for unity and Tamio's journal, a pair of five mana spells that are terrible but are funny. So in conjunction, so uh, call for unity, uh, and I will probably put it in the show notes. Call for unity. Call for unity is from uh, Aether Revolt, and it's an enchantment for three white white. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you control left the battlefield or put a unity counter on call for unity. Creatures you control get plus 1% for each unity counter on Call for Unity. So, that is uh, a pretty useful card, although the Anthem's kind of dodgy. But if you can partner this with something like, oh, a Tameo's Journal, now you have almost unlimited plus 1% counters all over your Call for Unity, making Alesha really difficult to block and tussle with. So, I started generating good value with my. Uh, with my Alesha, I was beating down. I was just generally making things miserable for my opponents. And so I sort of got to the funny part, one part where the father of the father son combo goes, Why is everyone attacking us with the Attract decks? Attack Bruce because Bruce is the one who keeps killing everything. And I'm like, Well, you're not wrong. But um, no, no, leave me alone. I'll play nice. I'll move out of the way. Let you all do what you want to do. But, you know no 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 takers for that one and so uh my opponent my my opponents uh continued to bicker with themselves and alesha ground them into dust um so that was my dear friend alesha lux last one what do you got to bring us home with a good story here
1: and honestly like the last one i have and they it's not really a good story to think this is just the it's pathetic. Mm-hmm. The, Right. You remember how I told you that I took part in Guilds around the game like game day? Yes. Well, and they this is the they, the I'm using the sick like the Demir deck because you know they yeah around the Well, and I get into the, the semifinals, and I'm yep. up against someone who's in a, playing pure Boros. Oh geez. Yeah. Like and, and I basically have them on their knees and thing and I'm at the the 15 health, the HP, and they're at yeah. seven.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Well, and of course, you know, the rule is that you can only have four of a certain card in the deck at a time, unless in the text on it, it says otherwise. hmm Well, imagine my surprise when this guy in cast, he gets a fifth and Aurelia, and get this, and he also happens to cast a fifth, deafening clarion.
0: Oh, yes, oh, gross! This <laughs> like
1: this guy is blatantly cheating. They he's casting the fifth, uh, sixth. They, he even cast they, before, and the judges found out what was going on. They, he cast a seventh and deafening clarion. What? Yep.
0: <laughs> That's a, who put seven deafening clarions in your deck?
1: Yeah. And they and, Who they, does that? and they, this isn't an, a joke, like this literally happened. But I'm sorry, it is a joke, but good heavens. I <laughs> they, I guess, and they, heaven. The, that's basically how I lost in the thing. Like, I get knocked out of the semifinals because a guy was running more than four of certain cards.
0: Well, okay, but in Limited, they're allowed to play more than four. If he had seven Deafening Clarions in his seal pool, or, in his, or if he had drafted seven Deafening Clarions, then he could play seven Deafening Clarions. It's the rule gets implemented at four for uh, constructed formats. So having four of something is not a big deal, or more than four, in, in Limited. A little unusual, but it's not the end of the world. The 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 greater issue here is more the fact that he uh is playing seven rares and even in a sealed deck where you're playing you're opening six boosters, where are you getting a seventh rare and why are
1: they all deafening Clarion? And that's the thing, like this wasn't sealed, like it was literally constructed. Oh. Yeah.
0: Really? okay, so you really should only have four. Wait a
1: second.
0: Yeah. Were, were your judges asleep at the wheel? Like,
1: come they, on. Honestly, in, during that tournament, like I don't know what the judges were doing, but it's just like within that Azorius guy, <laughs> like, it's like they just weren't there.
0: Oh, apparently. Good gracious. Oh, my gosh. Seven deafening class After you see number five, you put your hand up and you'll judge as loud as you can.
1: And like that's what I did. And something. Honestly, the judges were just never coming, do they? I literally had to put up with this guy because they...
0: That's, that's
1: terrible. But of course, I, see, they, there is some good news to the story. They, The and two judges that were presiding over that in you know, the tournament that day, they are no longer judges.
0: Yeah. I'm
1: not... You
0: don't say. <laughs> Jeez.
1: Because it turns oh, out... It yeah, it, it turns out it isn't the only time that they neglected to do their job. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's a pattern. I'm sure of it. And I'm just saying that they, it's like you said, they like seven definite, seven definite clarions. They obviously something's up right there. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, it is. But like I said though, they, I knew something. They, this guy was obviously cheating when the fifth Aurelia came out.
0: Yeah, no, I would pretty much do it. pretty much sum it up. That's pretty much garbage. Pretty much garbage.
1: Yeah, because the, right. the, the guy was showing his... Before the tournament, the guy was showing his deck. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. one of the people that had seen his in a deck. They had already been knocked out of the tournament. I met up with them a, shortly afterwards. And get this. They literally told me that there was not a single common or uncommon. It was just rares and mythics. <laughs> yeah oh, yes. oh well all right
0: good story. i like story time but i think we should probably wrap it up there for yep. our audience what do you think lux yeah all right all right so there we go folks thanks very much for sticking with us tonight i know it's a little bit of a weird show we don't usually do story time but like uh, tonight seemed like an appropriate night to do story time um if you liked what you heard tonight and you want to leave us some feedback you can reach out to us on social media our email address is the epic experiment podcast at gmail.com the link is going to be in the show notes down below so you can always go check on it click it there and then email us we're using whatever platform you like um, we'd love to get some mail so send us some email uh next we are about you can always reach out to us on twitter as well our twitter twitter handle as is at epic exp cast um for surefire way to get a hold of one of us uh lickety split uh if you like what you heard uh and you want or and you or you want to check out our, our decks that we talk about um our decks are all on um com. and you're welcome to go have a look when you get an opportunity to go check what you like maybe you like our decks maybe you don't but that's okay it's all good uh but yeah And uh, as always, you can find us on wherever you find Better Podcasts, but you can also find us on things like uh, iTunes, Google Play, littlestcouncil.com, and now on Spotify. Um, So don't be shy. Come and check us out. We'd love to hear from you guys. Next week, we are going to be checking in to see if we had 55 listeners so that I can give away something cool. It'll be episode 80, so we have yet another giveaway to announce. And we should have Judge Chris on, hopefully. Fingers crossed. But that's for next week. So, until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off. Wishing you all the best wherever you went. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have a great week. We'll talk- Welcome, Craig, you filthy bot. Hello to Craig there, Lux. Be nice. That's uh, fair enough. You don't have to edit with him. Like, sit up and I have to edit he deserves like, edit, no respect like, for me. Extra spaces like, like, like truncate silence and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you kill me. You kill me, you piece of garbage. You piece of garbage it just means for so much extra editing. Uh... Yeah, I know. You know what? I'm not even gonna cut this out this week. We're just gonna like just roll right into it and like make fun of the bot. I'll stick it somewhere in the middle just for giggles. <laughs> and just I haven't done any swears yet. I just called it filthy i to edit out your
1: little swears, though. I
0: mean, if I called it something really inappropriate, I'd bleep I'd bleep out the, the swearing, but I haven't done any of that. I mean, I could say, like, oh, wow, well, do we want to break our rule tonight? And just, like, like, like no, <laughs> I won't do that. We won't break the rule. I'll put this in the end, like, as sort of like the after credits, like the extra, like, you know, that in all those Marvel movies where they have, like, it's, they sneak in the stuff at the end. This is what I'll put in after the the outro music signs out, and, like, I'll stick this chunk in at the end. Yeah, you make fun of the bot for being a pain in the butt. Yeah, you got that right, bot. You are a pain in the rump. So, do not screw it up tonight for us, Craig. We want to record. All right, Lux, ready to go?
1: Here we go. Yep. <coughs>